0: Socialism, correct? Yeah, yes, sir. Top marginal tax rate is fifty-eight percent.
1: Well, you know, I feel for you, but anyway, I mean, you know, a lot of guys, people from Canada down here buying real estate. I mean, and and owning real estate. I mean, you know, you got to get with the big brokers and see if the numbers make sense for you guys. You need to get the return you're looking for. I think there's a lot of good deals getting ready to come to the table. You know, but, you know, you need to get with the guys that are moving that product and work with them. Um, you know, all the big, you, used to, you know who the bro- brokers are? Uh,
0: Yeah, I'm starting to familiarize myself. I've some connections at uh, CBR and Abinson
1: Young. Well, that's so it. Basically, you got to go around and hit them all. you got to hit them all yeah. and say, hey, listen, this is what we're looking for. What do you got? They even advertise them on there websites or whatever, or get on their, their, their list that they they send out every time. But, you know, you already know. You got CBRE. You got Franklin Street. You got Bricadia. You got this guy name. I think he went off on his own. I think he just picked something up in St. Pete, Jamie May. Jamie May! Uh, okay. He's got stuff, something I think just came up in St. Pete. Hit them all. You got to go to all of them and say, hey, show me what you got. And you put them on a table. You guys are smart guys. You underwrite them. See if they make sense. But it's dangerous right now because you know even here in this capitalistic, wonderful place, you cannot evict nobody right now. You know that. Yeah. I don't know how long that's going to go on for, but, you know, right now you got to be careful with multifamily because I'm starting to feel a pinch in my multifamily you know, this whole situation we're going through is definitely affecting every aspect of real estate right now. Every aspect I can think of is being affected by it, except maybe maybe grocery stores. So, um, you know, be careful right now also. You don't want to overpay because you can, might be looking at a, a major reduction in value soon. Yeah, no, of course. All right. Sure. Well, good luck to yeah, you. No. And uh, listen, if you stay in Tampa, stay in one of my hotels in Tampa, at any airport.
0: No, I will, I will tell you quickly uh, that you know uh, my parents had a place on, on Treasure Island in the past, so I was at uh, John's Pass constantly, so
1: I love that place. Well, good. Come back. Spend some money. <laughs> Go cool on too. a pirate ship. Go parasailing. Go jet skiing. Go on a dolphin tour. Eat in a restaurant, play in the arcade, eat ice cream, have a hot dog. What else? I made the goddamn guy. All right, take care. I made the goddamn guy. He keeps crying to me. He ain't making no money in the yogurt place. I personally bring him. I tell Matt and I tell little Ben, listen, I know we got two hot dog machines left over from uh, Hogan's Beach that we had. Put him, give him the guy a hot dog machine. So I, I tell them both. They both bring him one. I had to go take one back. We're here to take up the hot dog machine. But well, I said, you know, put the hot dog machine there, sell him out the goddamn window of John's Pass, and make some money. And I had to, like, twist his arm to do it. I had to bring him a hot And he's not even my tenant. He's my neighbor. I brought him a hot dog machine for him to sell hot dogs out of his yoga joint. Anyway. And they did
2: sell some. The they
1: sold said. some. You with me. But now they got to spend a little money and make it a pass-through window. The window's right on the sidewalk. You put up a friggin' side, hot dogs, you get three bucks a pop. They cost like 20 cents. And the bun's another 10. He's into the whole thing for 30, 40 cents with mustard and relish. He can sell for 10 times that. Aaron, you're going over there selling hot dogs this weekend I'm at ready. John's Pass. I'm gonna buy you a hot dog cart. That's what I'm gonna do. Aaron's hot dogs. Hot dogs. <laughs> Aaron's Jewish All hot right. dogs. Alright, what else we, we got, got? some got? super chats. Super chats. Chats, I Fix boats. Who? I fix boats. I fix boats? Oh, hopefully my boat don't need no fixing. We fixed it. Oh, shit, I still got a boat for sale. Yeah. Now I had to move it over to that guy. Oh, that was a disaster. Trying to move the guy. ninety nine You wear a helmet? No helmet wore in Florida. Thanks, no. Ben, for the quality you don't wear a content. Helmet, huh? What? Thanks, Ben, for
3: the quality content
1: that I watch daily. Thank you very much for watching. We appreciate it. What else? We got nothing else to do but miserable. Real, I'll tell you right now. If you own real estate, you better get your shit together. You better be on top of it, like you've never been on top of it before in your life, because uh, it's looking really weird. We're not over. We're not out of the woods, okay? The money ain't flowing. The planes ain't flying. The players ain't playing. All right. What else? Nothing from you. Nothing from you. I go now. David G, thanks for the five dollars. I'm forty. David G, keep go. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm 47, worth about five mio. You worth five million dollars? You only sent me five dollars. That's not even like. No, I'm just kidding. You worth five million bucks? What you gonna do with, a, with it? With Tell me, I don't know what to do with my with money. Eight hundred thousand cash and no debt. What would you buy to generate about ten grand per month income to live off the next many years? All right. Seriously, if you got eight hundred cash. You know, you know, and you don't want to have a lot of responsibility and you want to use it as income and you want it to be safe, then you better look for triple net deals where there's no management, there's no nothing. You know, you may have to go out of your area, which it doesn't matter because you're not managing it. I got three triple net deals that are 500 miles away. I, I don't worry about it. It's not my problem. All they got to do is pay me the rent. And then I got to set up where they pay the rent to an account, the bank takes the mortgage out of that same account, and then whatever's left is clearly mine. I don't pay any bills, not taxes, not insurance, not nothing. So look for a seven cap, let's see, $800,000, uh, if you spread that out and use 20, 25% down, you could probably do up to four deals. You need to go out and look for like four $1 million deals, or two $2 million deals. If you find a one million dollar deal, and you put two hundred thousand dollars down on it, and you finance the other eight hundred thousand mil- on the million, then the eight hundred thousand is going to cost you roughly about twenty grand a month, uh, two two grand a month. So, if you got you know uh, two grand a month to pay the bank, and if you get yourself a seven cap. That 70 grand a year on that million dollar property, out of the 70 you give the bank their 25 or whatever it is, and you're left with 45 on a $200,000 investment so you could probably get that 10 grand a month with only 400 of that grand out of the 800 alright, you gotta go alright already, I'm telling the guy what to do with his goddamn 800 grand so you can get $10,000 a month you know you need to find deals and then finance them. The thing about triple net is the beauty of it is you finance it. You're borrowing money at 3 or 4%, but you're collecting 6 or 7. So that spread is yours which increases your return on your investment. Okay? If you just pay cash a million dollars, you're only going to get 70 grand a year right? But you have to put up a million dollars for it. If you only put 200,000 up and you get 45, you're not better shape because you can do more deals. All right, next. And go with stuff that's necessity. Walgreens, grocery stores, auto parts stores, you know, things like that. All right, good luck. Take care. What's up? We got to call her. We got to call her. We got to call her. Good evening, Ben.
0: This is Leo calling from your favorite place on Earth, New York City. New
1: York City! <laughs> Isn't there, was, was, was there a commercial where the guy used to go, where's this sauce from? New York City! All right, so what's up, up in, what part of New York City? Oh, Queens. Queens. Queens oh, yeah? yeah? Okay. So what can we do for right it? you? Right know? You're Astoria? No, by Regal Park. Regal Park. Left Rack City. Left Rack City. People don't know, but Left Rack is like two big builders. And you have all these apartments built by a guy named Left Rack. Trump built a shitload of apartments. And then there's some other big shots. But anyway, so what can we do for you? Happens to be that um, a family member of mine has
0: three multifamily homes that they haven't paid the mortgage in about, let's say eight years. So now she's, you know, she's a little bit of an older age. She's about, I don't know, 65, getting towards like 70s, like more like 68. And she's thinking, well, you know, I haven't paid the, 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 my, my houses in a couple of years. But I uh, wanted to leave something for the family. Um, she wants to know if she can, how she gets back on track in terms of uh, paying off the mortgage. But now imagine eight years. What, what is your experience in that, Ben?
1: Did you say eight years? She couldn't have gone out paid a mortgage in eight years. No bank's going to go for that. Eight years has been. Eight know years, what? has it been a friggin' mortgage on three different properties? On three different properties. <laughs> and is it all the same bank? Uh, two are the same bank. And what are the banks doing? Nothing? They haven't told nothing? They haven't foreclosed on or nothing? Mm,
0: I think they're going through a foreclosure, something like that now. But she got a, she got something recently in the mail saying that um, if you get if, if we do a payment mortgage payment by the first of next month, then we could get back on on the on the payment or get up back up to date on everything.
1: Listen, it sounds like you know you or somebody needs to step in right away right away. And get a hold of that settlement agreement letter. You need to cut a deal if they haven't foreclosed on it, her. Uh-oh.
3: Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, nigga, fuck you yeah. they think y'all gonna scare me and tell me about what y'all gonna do to me, you'll rape my mama. That's been fuck you Muslim nigga. You niggas been pedophile for the longest. You niggas been pedophile as long as your religion been in existence, nigga. You niggas been fucking babies and boys and goats and and, and 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 queers as long as Islam been in religion, bitch. I, I used to be one of you niggas, and I and I refused to stop eating pork, so I said fuck you, nigga, Cause I, listen. I sold barbecue four years ago, and the Muslim niggas used to come through playing like they can taste pork. So one day, I cut the motherfucking chopped beef with pulled pork and served it to Muslim niggas, unbeknownst to them. They didn't know they was eating pork. They was chewing that motherfucking pork. Them motherfucking Muslims can't tell when they taste the motherfucking pork. So I sold them niggas pork for all summer long. Yeah, nigga. Now sue me. Yeah, I sold pork till I cut the chopped beef with pulled pork all summer long and not one goddamn Muslim could tell the difference because all them bitches is sneaking and eating pork. Or if they ain't eating pork, they suck pussy so they taste buds is thrown off to the pork. Yeah, them there, I, I, I felt good sneaking and selling them niggas $10 Chopped beef sandwiches with that pulled pork cut up in it, niggas. Straight disrespecting you, niggas. Yeah, get mad about that, nigga. I did that five years ago. Bitch-ass niggas. Yeah go try to skirt me on the internet all you niggas trying to skirt me on the internet catch a plane nigga and show up in person and make everybody in the city say say them niggas out of new york city looking for you nigga say it's the niggas out of california asking about you do that nigga bad motherfucker. make farrakhan have a million man march down here he ain't done nothing in the wild no way for he getting too old anyway yeah, he getting too old. And Facebook don't want to hear the motherfucker. Y'all don't know what to do. You can't listen to him. Yeah, we sick of that old nigga anyway. We want to hear from NBA Youngboy. Don't nobody want to hear shit from Farrakhan. We want to hear from Fujiano. We don't want to hear shit from no goddamn Muslim, nigga. You niggas can't rap. <laughs> yeah. You niggas stick to provide security at the funerals And and shaking down rappers, but don't nobody wanna hear shit, no nigga. Talking about thumping no Quran, nigga. We wanna hear from look, baby. We don't wanna hear from you, bitch-ass Muslim, nigga. So shut up, Farrakhan. Don't go inside and talk. Don't come out here and talk. It's a new day, Farrakhan, and don't nobody wanna hear no shit about no spaceship go come rescue all us, nigga. If a spaceship come right now. I ain't getting on no motherfucking spaceship with no Muslim, niggas. I don't trust no Muslim. My didn't trust you, nigga. I don't trust no nigga that don't eat bacon. In all our life, we was trained and brought up to eat bacon. Any nigga don't eat bacon and suck pussy is an oxymoron to me. Every point, like, I think I'll give up bacon instead of putting a motherfucking head between a whole leg and suck up pussy. Nigga, fuck you, nigga. And all you niggas do it. All you Muslim niggas do Go it. Go quit the pope and suck the pussy. You stupid. You dumb. You ignorant. Yeah. Fuck you. And fuck your religion, nigga. Yeah, nigga, it's funny to me. It's funny to me, (laughs) yeah, and I don't believe none of you niggas is bad enough to come do nothing to me and let the world see that y'all pussies to the white boy. Y'all didn't do nothing for Tamir Rice, y'all didn't do nothing for Breonna Taylor. You bitch ass niggas, Muslim niggas didn't do nothing for Breonna Taylor. Y'all didn't do nothing for Eric Garner. Y'all let the white boy choke the big old nigga out. The big old nigga got his hands up. He's supposed to be throwing elbows. Get off these nigga. Bigger than he was, he let the little of white boy jump on his back. Them ain't the kind of niggas we is now. Do you ain't the kind of niggas we are. We ain't just laying now. George Floyd is in Indianapolis. He just laid there and let the nigga put his knee on his neck. Nigga fishes flop out of water. You ever seen a fish when you get him in the boat? He flopping like a motherfucker. He want to get back in the water. <laughs> Fuck that nigga didn't want to live. <laughs> Dump fiend-ass nigga. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, that nigga was a dope fiend. They down with a dope fiend bitch and a dope fiend nigga. They showed the whole video. I saw the nigga swallow dope. The white folk one line on that nigga. The nigga had fentanyl in the system. That's a dope fiend, ain't it? The nigga died with fentanyl in the system. And the best thing could have happened to him is for him to die. The nigga left his daughter twenty million. That nigga couldn't live to be 100 years old. He wouldn't have been able to leave his daughter 20 million. He couldn't have never been able to leave his pretty little daughter 20 million. They done that baby a favor. He wasn't shit. The nigga was in and out of jail. The nigga kicked in a door. Boom. That nigga kicked in a motherfucking door. And put a gun to a black woman's belly while she was pregnant. Robbing them. How you know that ain't his fate? He wasn't trying to redeem that. He went to making porn with white bitches. The nigga was a porn star with white bitches. So, let me tell you something, Stack Five. Basketball playing ass nigga. Big old tall nigga. Fuck your brother, nigga. And fuck you too, nigga. Say, listen. If he was your brother or he was your nigga, what in the fuck that nigga was doing downtown in Indianapolis with a fake twenty dollar bill? You mustn't love that nigga that much. Nigga, I got some people I can go get twenty dollars for nigga, and I ain't got to go try to pass no twenty dollar bill with no dope fiend nigga and no dope fiend bitch down-
2: And the answer was that the uh people in the military police were way more satisfied with that than people in the Air Force. This was very puzzling because almost no one got promoted in the military police, and everyone got promotions in the Air Force. So why would people be more satisfied in the military police? Well, the answer is that so many people got promoted in the Air Force that getting promoted was meaningless, right? Um, so few people got promoted, the, the median condition in the military police was not getting promoted. So if you didn't get promoted in the military police, you're like, well, no one is, it's fine. If you didn't get promoted in the, mil- in the Air Force, oh, man, you're devastated, because everyone's getting promoted, right? And if you did get promoted, it's like, who cares? Everyone's getting promoted. So it's like, <laughs> do you see that the, the, the <laughs> it's this totally inverted thing you think that you're making life better by promoting everyone, but you're not. You're simply creating, you're simply altering the set of existing expectations. Um, so the, So yeah, I don't know whether you can, um, messing around with hierarchies is a very, 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 very tricky business, and it's probably better just to try to avoid them when you can.
1: Thanks. Oh,
2: go ahead. Thanks for coming in. Um, my question is a little bit around, I guess, your media diet. Obviously, as someone that writes a lot about social science, you have to go through a lot of academic journals. But what was actually really interested to see was that you had a really I mean, cogent and, and fluent conversation with Bill Simmons, often on his blog, about sports and different topics. So I was wondering a little bit about your media diet outside the academic journal sphere, and like how you kind of keep your mind and horizon broad yeah. across different topics. Well, I'm a huge sports fan, so there's an enormous amount of consumption of sports-related stuff. Uh, And um, particularly these days, I I spend an enormous amount of time watching obscure European track and field meets on sort of live streams at 2 in the morning. Um, So there's that. And then... uh, But I think, you know... My strategy has always been you can't you have to very consciously differentiate yourself from where you think your professional peer group is going um, so the to the extent that people are my to the extent that people migrate to things that are accessible online, I feel I should migrate to things that are inaccessible online, so the value. Or to the extent that people stop reading books and read, I feel I need to read more books. Um, so I've been tr- what I've been trying to do is to kind of—it's why I spend a lot of time in actual physical libraries, reading things in hard copy, because there is a kind of a serendipity that you get when you. This is not in any way Mendez's criticism, by the way, of search engines for example <laughs> which are incredibly useful but they are but they you know they also have limitations they reward a certain kind of serendipity and they punish another kind of serendipity right and if you really want to if you're interested in serendipitous learning as i am much of what i uncover is uncovered serendipitously you have to be a student of all of the different mechanisms of Chance encounters with the unusual and the insightful. And so that means that not only do I spend a lot of time screwing around online on databases, but I also very, very consciously make sure that I go to physical libraries and walk through the stacks. And even something as simple as you're interested in one book, and then you go and you just look at all of the books that surround it Right? And the connections are not always the connections are there's there're connections between them, but it's a different kind of connection than they would be connected online it's not a keyword connection right it's a thematic connection or it's a so there's all these sorts of you have to be a student of these kinds of um of the of the different ways in which ideas cluster um And so that, and I've been, I've thought a lot about that in recent years as a way of distinguishing myself from um, other journalists.
3: Thank you. Hi, I have a quick question. In your last uh, book, Outliers, you spoke about uh, the advantages of, you know, whether it's being born in a certain year or having access to the earliest computers and stuff like that. And in this book, you have a whole new section called the disadvantages of being advantageous. I was wondering if you see a contradiction or if how do you reconcile the two?
2: Yeah. Well, I have several answers to that question. Um, uh, so there's clearly a difference between... The notion that I play with in this book is called desirable difficulty. And desirable difficulty is a class of, uh, of difficulties that have paradoxical outcomes that force you to do things that end up being advantageous. So um, there's a whole whole school of uh, of research around these people at UCLA called the Bjorks who try and uncover specific examples of desirable difficulties. A good one would be, for example, a simple one would be um, studying strategies uh, to the extent that you can make your studying process more difficult, you will retain more information. So the Bjorks have these beautiful data that says if you're learning um, something very complex, um, the best thing to do is to